You're listening to the podcast where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy Yu. All right, guys, we are going to surprise you. We said there was not going to be an episode, but um, Darren, I, I, actually, it was you. You kind of a bamboozled everyone, huh? Yeah, I was like, I, I'm, I have a little you bit of free time. You wanted to punish really the league. Today. I remember that. <laughs> well, I did because I was like, these, these fuckers, they didn't want to move it up when everyone except for Max and Steve had time. And I was like, you know, they don't deserve it. Cause I know yeah, I texted Max him at like seven 30 in the morning. Here. I was like, Hey, you gonna you able to pod today? And everyone's like, no, <laughs> they don't deserve one. And I was like, all right, yeah, I can spin this saying, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then we the moved graph. it up. <laughs> I actually was really busy today. Cause I leave for Oregon on Thursday. So I was like, I only have work for two days this week. So trying to like do everything in the next two days. But, um, so I actually was like half of an excuse, half being bitter that the draft didn't get moved up, <laughs> but it still got moved up anyway because it started today instead of tomorrow. Yeah. So at the moment of this recording, the first round just finished. Yeah. And like so we, yeah. And so we will most likely react to some trades or whatever picks are happening in the second round live. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So. Before we get there, I am remiss because we just did a giant disservice, didn't we, Darren? We made a huge sin on the podcast because we like to say that we cover almost every single. I think the only trades we really don't cover are like the ones where it's just like a bunch of pick swaps all over the place. And it's like, that's just not fun to really talk about unless it has like a premium pick in there. But um, it's been brought to our attention uh, actually on our unofficial show doc as well. Uh, a trade has occurred with the Austrian Oaks and the Dubrovnik Dragons, where they sent a shockwave through the PDL, Darren. What was this trade? Um, Sorry, I don't have it up. <laughs> oh, if you don't have that guy, don't worry. The um, Austrian Oaks sent Van Jefferson and the 307 of this year, and they got back Greg Dortch, a third, and a fourth. Please talk about this trade because a trade literally just went down on Sleeper right now and yeah, I'm getting yelled at to push talking. their trade. So you talk about that <laughs> trade and I will cover this trade. So, I mean, Matt Stafford, my my quarterback, right? Like he has uh, Van Jefferson is currently his wide receiver two, you would assume, behind Cooper Cup. Um, they added, what, Puka Nakua? I think that's pretty much it. So, I mean, Van Jefferson is going to be out there a lot, running a lot of routes. Um, I don't like Greg Dortch. He is like a shittier version of Rondell Moore. So if you can get rid of that for a guy that's going to be Matt Stafford's wide receiver too, hopefully he's healthy, right? Like you want to hope that he is uh, recovered from his elbow and back injuries. Um, but if you can, I mean, I think Van Jefferson's a good player. It's just like, he's not like amazing, but he's good, you know? Yeah, I, I like Van Jefferson too, but I feel like there's always some type of excuse for him for one reason or yeah. another. Um, He had every single opportunity to do what he needed to do in L.A. They were begging for anyone to step up. But I understand their injury concerns. But doesn't that also raise a flag saying, well, if he is now thrust in a position to get more volume, his body might not sustain. I know I'm jumping through a lot of hoops and ladders there. But, you know, you know the point I'm trying to say. I feel like every single year I get excited when I hear about Van Jefferson. I even like watching him sometimes in that terribly run Rams offense of last year, too. But. I feel like every single time there's always like a caveat to it. But regardless, that is still, a, I, I guess, a fun trade, get, getting your guy. But um, there was another trade that just went down now, which is kind of why I was a little bit distracted when I was kind of reading that. Yeah. And we will discuss that 
once we get to the end of this pod because it impacts later rounds. So I don't want to get all these trades mixed and matched. I just want to kind of go with a nice flow. So with that being said, Dare, are you okay with me jumping in? Oh, Josh Downs just off the board yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, I thought he was going to go Roshan. We've been, me and you have been talking about that for a while. Yeah, because he said uh, we were going to be shocked by who that was going to be, especially because of... Actually, no, it kind of makes sense because what, what wide receivers does he really have outside of, like, Cooper Cup? Doesn't he, didn't he still have, like, Zay Jones and stuff like that starting for him? Um, yeah, I guess. Like, he does have a really big need at wide receiver. That's, that's true. Um, but there's, like, other wide receivers here that I would have taken over him personally, you know? Uh, maybe but he didn't I felt like that's kind of wow. This is um gonna be a great. This is almost gonna feel like a bonus spot for peeps <laughs> because this is unfiltered. But like that's kind of the um feeling we had at some it of the like, draft last year it's with kind Hollywood. Of Brian Demo, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has his own draft board. He has his own um. Uh, you know, rankings and things like that. So I definitely commend and respect someone who goes after it. But I feel like there's also a little bit of playing that game too, right? You need to try to get yeah. the value where you can. But he probably didn't feel like he was going to be available by the time um, he was right back on the board at, what, 206, I think, was his next pick. So he probably didn't think he was going to make it to him. So I definitely respect someone that is trying to call their shot and get their guy and don't, you know, you don't want to miss out on something like that, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean... <clears throat> it's that's definitely true like because you never know like someone else could like him and he could he could have went in the next pick here 203 um so you never know but yeah but with that being said let's gonna go roshan <laughs> yeah we we did say <laughs> we thought like it was roshan. Pick. <laughs> Be- especially because he said weeks ago that we were going to be really surprised because he already had his pick locked and loaded. So that's definitely interesting for sure. I didn't mean to cut you off, but let's jump into the PDL draft because we're already talking about it. So with the very first pick, I don't think it was a surprise to anyone. Hollywood picked Bijan Robinson pretty quickly off the board, and I don't think there was much of a takeaway there. Um, Did you think that there was any chance that this was a really crazy smokescreen? A little bit. Because he was asking about my 104 to like draft Anthony Richardson. So I was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe he's going to like fool us all and he's going to take Anthony Richardson there. And he like was so adamantly against it. And he was like, I didn't trade Jalen Hurts to take a worse version of Jalen Hurts. But but, like, who knows? Maybe he he was going to do it. But like, he took, I think he made the right pick. He took Bijan. Yeah, at first I thought there was a little bit of doubt, a little seed of doubt thinking, oh man, he's really leaning in. He was like editing pictures too and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, this is what someone would do if they're trying to, I guess, manipulate us. But then I kind of really thought about it's Brian and we have the luxury of being in this league with, I think we're just talking about multiple people for multiple years. So we kind of know their MO and Brian is always good for his word. I feel like he always comes through. So when I started to think about that more, I was like, no, it's definitely going to go Bijan. He didn't overthink it. Took Bijan, like we said, definitely the right move. And then I think, I mean, how fun is it that in this draft, the second pick was really anticipated and excited because we really didn't know where he was going to go because I think there's a couple of storylines here, and let me just lay it out, and I would love to also then get your breakdown. But the storyline really is Anthony Richardson has been going probably 102 in a lot of Superflex drafts. I've even seen him go above Bijan in a couple. And then 
there was a story that broke in the PDL. I don't know if it's true or not. Maybe, Darren, you could uh, shed a little light to this. A story broke that Dallas Strip Welch actually had C.J. Stroud as the highest-rated quarterback um, before the draft. Is that true? Yeah, um, he definitely did. And I think, like, recently there was probably a change of heart. So, I mean, personally, I think it was the right move. Like, Bryce Young, the only knock that anyone had on the guy is his size and he's small. And I know that like all these like small guys, like Kyler Murray, uh, Russell Wilson, they always say the same thing. Like I've been small all my life and I've, I'm used to it, you know? And I, I think that Bryce young is going to be able to overcome it. Like I, I think he's a really good quarterback. He has all the talent in the world. He was great at Alabama with lesser talent than Tua and Mac Jones had. So, I mean, I think he's going to be great. Yeah, I you already know how much I love Bryce Young. Typically, I don't like to be this much of a stan of someone before I even get to see how they play in the NFL because it's just so easy, especially because we we have a podcast there. And so we're more vulnerable than I feel like most because we always try to put our opinions out there. So you could very easily put us in a course like, well, you were wrong about this, this, this. And I'm like, well, shit, you're right. But I love, love Bryce Young and I've loved them for a really, really long time. He was easily my QB one. Um, in fa- I, maybe not in fantasy, but definitely just in real life. And I know you've probably have known that, and I can't even smoke screen that because you've known how much I loved um Bryce Young ever since I was kind of doing some film study on Jamison Williams the year prior. Mm-hmm. So I really love that he was able to go that way, and the pivot just shows that he's keeping an open mind. That's how you should be. I feel like all too often, especially when it comes to scouting, a lot of people kind of look at it through confirmation bias. And Darren, would you be able to confirm some of that? Because I definitely catch myself doing that too sometimes, where that's that's why I don't like to listen to the outside noise where you kind of go into the film being like, oh, OK, I know Quentin Johnson doesn't really um, yeah. high point the ball. He doesn't really do this. And now I'm only looking for it rather than actually paying attention to where he gets really great separation on a route or when he is high pointing a ball um, and only looking at the body catches. So I feel like someone who does stay fluid in their evaluations, that's a huge, huge um check for me and to see him be able to um i wouldn't even say pivot i mean it's not like even if he made the statement that cj stroud was higher it doesn't mean like he was leaps and bounds it it, it was probably very very close and then once he kind of looked at the tape again looked at the draft capital then i wouldn't be surprised when he's like okay yeah it probably is bryce young but i feel like there was definitely a lot of storylines and as soon as bryce young was picked then michael was on the board and we already know the journey he took to trade up to get to 103 with Josh's old roster. So definitely mm-hmm. hats off to him to be able to get here. But then uh, who did he take here? He got CJ Stroud. Um, I mean, personally, I know I talked about it on the last pod, like CJ Stroud, 97th percentile passer dating back to 2005. So almost in the last 20 years, right? Um, I mean, he's going to be in Bobby Slowick coming from San Francisco. I know that like the weapons aren't great right now, but it's not like Michael's going to compete this year anyway. He's going for the long term move, and CJ Stroud definitely has that long term appeal. Like I think he's he's safe. Um, he definitely has upside as well. I <laughs> I compared him to to Sean Watson at one point, and you and Greg like crucified me. <laughs> I mean, I definitely think he has the upside. Actually. It's weird because I saw someone on Twitter. I, I don't remember who it was, but somebody was like, he can be better than Deshaun Watson. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But I mean, he could <laughs> be Deshaun Watson. <laughs> well, hold on. Hold on. Being better than Deshaun Watson means he's going to be on the Texans as he currently is, throw for nearly like 5,000 yards and then have that rushing upside that he had as well. All this with 
you know, wrapped up into someone that has proven it, at least fantasy-wise. Of course, Deshaun Watson has fallen off, and rightfully yeah. so. You know my feeling towards him, but I'm trying to think of it <laughs> objectively or trying to be a professional. That would be a very, mm -hmm. very high bar. I think that's the only reason why yeah. I crucified you. Not because, you know, it's not like Watson's just like, oh, he might be, like, he has done it, <laughs> yeah, and he did done. it for an extended period of time, and the only real knocks on him was when he got hurt his rookie year, and then what did he do when he came back? He was amazing again, so mm -hmm. I feel like that's the only reason why, but we definitely didn't crucify you because we're like, oh no, that's not possible. Of course it is, but I'm very excited to see how CJ Stroud plays because he plays with, uh, you know, that dog mentality that you were kind of mentioning as well. So he always feels like he has something to prove, and I feel like with how embarrassing this draft cycle was for him, like, imagine yeah. if you're CJ Stroud. Like, the whole time people are saying, <laughs> is this guy, like, dumb. on the spectrum? <laughs> is this guy dumb? Like, does he have an IQ of a... Like, his, his two score was, like, bad bad though right like it was like a lot like, like exactly like it makes sense but it wasn't even that kind of test though right because i kept seeing yeah. examples i listened to that podcast that was shared about like the people kind of created which by the way kind of shady but that's not what this podcast is about um but yeah they're like no it's kind of like what do you notice here what do you notice here does, does this mean like cj shaw just never opened up that like i spy book when it was are we dating ourselves like oh, actually we're not dating because we're like one of the youngest people in this pod um, yeah. remember those I spy books where you yeah. just have to like, like yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like I guess CJ Stroud just never looked at that kind of stuff, huh? I guess his perception and awareness is just awful or something. I don't know what it really means because once again, people kept thinking he was dumb, but as to, it doesn't measure it that way. It's like completely different. Yeah. But with all that being said, he takes CJ Stroud, gets that stability, and boy, oh boy, back to back picks for Carolina and. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew you were going to do this. Um, so cat's out of the bag. I knew you're going to take Gibbs first, right? Yeah. Yeah. I knew, I, I knew that you were going to probably do a combination of Gibbs and a quarterback, like in my head. Mm -hmm. But I remember you at some point. So like, yeah, but wh whoever I take, I'm probably going to take quarterback as my second pick. And I was like, that's actually fucking hilarious. Um, because now you can forever say you got Anthony Richardson pretty much in the middle of the draft. <laughs> yeah. But no, hold on. So you walked I, away I, with I Gibbs and Richardson. So yeah, now tell me that story. Tell me that story. Because you're watching Welch and Mike pick. You, you're you probably been envisioning the different circumstances mm -hmm. and situations you've been in. Because there aren't that many. So um, how did it kind of look like as it was unfolding in front of you? Well, I knew forever, like months ago, I was going to take Jimmy Gibbs. And then he went in the first round and I was like, oh shit, like I'm 100% thinking I'm like, I, no question about it. Like I already was to begin with because he's like, the kind of running back I like, like I literally just traded for a dude that's just like him, like in DeAndre Swift, right? Like they're basically like very similar running backs. Like they're both smaller side. They catch passes. Like that's like the kind of running back I usually like. So when he was driving the first round by literally the same team that the this DeAndre Swift used to play on, I was like, okay, like <laughs> there's no question in my mind that I'm not taking him. And I know he is on a smaller side and he might be typecasted into like the uh, change of pace, like third down roll, mm -hmm. but it's a chance I'm willing to take. Um, so I took him with the fourth pick and I took Anthony Richardson with the fifth pick for a reason. And this is just out of spite because Mike chose to dunk on me like 50 million times for that terrible Amon Ross St. Brown trade. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I took Anthony Richardson with the fifth pick because that was Mike's pick. 
And <laughs> that was the pick I got from the Mac Jones trade. So I did it on purpose, just to spite Mike, because he shit on me a million times for that Amon Ross St. Brown trade. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is everyone else would be doing a victory lap with Anthony Richardson falling to their lap. At, all right, for the sake of this, we'll say 104, even though you took him at 105 because you have back-to-back yeah. picks. But yeah. for you, I've never seen anyone so reluctant to be like, you know what? Fuck it. I guess I'm a Richardson fan now. <laughs> You're like, I, yeah. can't, I guess because, um, you know, I, mean, I was hoping for the I'm other, all, but whatever. Like, I have to I have to be behind my guy. Like, I mean, I'm sure that's, like that's there just is... a good owner. That's just a great yeah. owner. I'm sure there was uh, scouts and stuff on the Colts that didn't like Anthony Richardson, but once they drafted him, they were like, "All right, he's our guy. He's he's our quarterback now, and we got to get behind him." So, and you uh, know, Irsay is sitting up there, and yeah. you're, you're probably smiling ear. You're like, "Yeah, this motherfucker is going to start Week One because there's no way Irsay is going to sit there and be like, you know what? There's no way <laughs> Minshew. That's yes. what we like. I'm no, nothing against Minshew. You know, I love Minshew even when he was an Eagle." But you have Anthony Richardson there, and he knows what he has. He has a Lamborghini, and he mm-hmm. wants to see uh, how it feels to get out there, even though it might be a little rough. But he's he wants to still hit those high speeds, so uh, you kind of have a little bit of a happiness there. But, yeah, how happy are you walking away with what a lot of people would say? Like I said, the QB1 overall in the draft class and uh, Jameer Gibbs, who I know you liked for a pretty long time. Yeah, I, I love Jameer Gibbs. Like I've loved him since he was at uh, Georgia Tech. And I didn't think I was going to be in this position to like take him because I, I honestly thought that me and Mike were going to be way better than we were this year. So I didn't think I was going to have the fourth and the fifth pick in the draft. Um, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. I, I hope that Anthony Richardson learns how to throw and then he is a good quarterback. But, um, you know, fingers crossed on him. But Jameer Giz, I'm very happy about. He was like my guy. Pick, yeah. It, this is a very good draft to have pick four or five (laughs) (laughs) and you ended up with a pretty solid hand. So let's continue. Steve was on the clock and he was on the clock for a little while. We didn't know what negotiations were actually, we knew he was getting a lot of negotiations. So um, I believe there was a leak that mentioned that he was 100% going to make a trade and Mm -hmm. not keep this pick. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like that was more and more evident and started to pick up steam just because of how long it like took him to actually make uh, like any move at all. And eventually he made a move with Tanish, which was crazy. I, did you see this coming at all? Um, no, I would have guessed. Like we expected a trade, but not Tanish. (laughs) Yeah. Like we predicted that Steve was going to make this trade last week. Um, or was that yeah? Was that last week we did the, the mock? I think it was last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but we predicted Steve was going to trade out of this pick, but I did not see Tanish coming whatsoever. Like I expected it to be Welch or Mike because Mike was very vocal about. But then once Mike traded away his 108, I was like, ah, he might be like a little too far down. I don't know if Steve wants to move that far. So I Mike was kind of out of my mind. So I thought Welch was like the front runner, and I, I made a little play myself. But Steve told me like he he I was out of it, and then I saw Tanish's trade, and I was like, oh okay, like. <laughs> That's You're why. like, oh, we weren't even in the same ballpark. I wasn't even in the parking <laughs> yeah. lot. That makes sense. So it's like, okay. <laughs> but I mean. Actually, let's talk about it. Um, So the trade is Tan- Tannis traded up to 106 and also got the 403 for this upcoming draft class. And to do so, Steve only had to move back four spots. He got the 110, but he also picked up a second round pick in this year's draft. Max is actually. Mm-hmm. So the 210 in this draft. And then 
Tanish's second next year. And yeah. um, I, I know we could break it down. And I want you to put your claws away right now there because Tanish mm -hmm. kind of followed this up saying, I know this was an overpay. I needed yes. to get my guy. So let's preface it with that. And so with yeah. that in mind, now I'm going to let the cage out with your claws out with that in mind. Uh, what, do, what do you think, dude? So this was for honestly, JSN. This was for JSN. Sorry if we didn't mention that. This was for JSN. Yes. And I think everyone knows I, I'm a big JSN fan. Um, I think Tanish knew he was in a bidding war. So I think he had to like internally drive up that price a little bit. He was aware he overpaid. So to me, I think that like it made me feel better about this because he's aware he overpaid. Like it wasn't like he was like, oh, I thought I had like a steal there. You know, like he he knows he did. Um, so I think that makes it better. Like I know at first glance, like when we, when it first dropped before he said that, I was like, holy shit, like what the fuck? And I think now I'm like, okay, that wasn't, that wasn't so bad. Like he knows what he did and he got a guy that he really, really wanted. And I think that he could be really, really good. So I think that like he paid a fine price considering there was at least three other teams that were in the mix that we assume. Um, so, I mean, I think it was okay. Like it, it wasn't like, it obviously wasn't ideal because but he had to outbid three other teams so he had to pay a little premium i guess and yeah, for steve and it was just, great value obviously <laughs> oh for sure for sure because he was able to move back just a few spots and then just pick up all that additional capital and i'm just gonna preface this by saying and i know everyone's tired of me saying this but he went and got his guy and mm -hmm. I just want to defend my statement by saying, how can we say this is an overpay? What if JSN does come in and he's everything that we expected? So yeah. good to the point where he outscores DK Metcalf easily, even in a half point PPR, just because he's just soaking up all those targets. I don't think it's yeah. out of the realm of possibility to say maybe not within this year, but within the first two years, he's easily going to start out targeting DK Metcalf and uh, maybe even lock it, depending on what his. Uh, longevity seems to be there, but I don't want to discount lock it. But I, I think that's definitely the realm of possibility because of the role he's going to play. So I mm -hmm. feel like it's definitely premature. Yes, of course, the consensus right now, all the draft calculators are going to say, why did he do that? But how every more often than not, the consensus is always wrong. More often than not, I fantasize about having a time machine, not to be super rich or change the world or bring an invention back, but just to be like, I want to be able to fuck this draft so hard and slam yeah. every pick. Like how great would it be if I could do bang, bang, bang. But um, yeah, so that's, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say this is a hit or a miss um, or even an overpay, even in this moment, just because he said he was to the moon for GS, JSN. Imagine yeah. how happy you would have been last year, Darren, when you were literally texting me over and over again, JSN. And I was like, what does that stand for? Is that like a new acronym that the kids are saying? <laughs> You're like, no, it's it's a it's a wide receiver. At I was like, oh, oh OK, who should I know who this is? And obviously things have fallen off a little bit because he had an injury played year. But yeah. like I said, yeah. you would have been thrilled and you wouldn't have cared yeah. what you have given up. So that that's all I'm yeah. going to leave it at that. So that that was a long rant. But. It's a real long way to say Tannis was able to trade up to get JSN. So hats off to you, man, because you have made so many splashes and gave us so many good content for the pod. So maybe if we made money, we would give you royalty at least. But let's continue. And now we got to another really fun draft pick. Right after Tannis traded up to get JSN, Jeff was on the clock 
and he had back-to-back picks because he also traded up to be in this position. And I remember you and I were talking off-air, just texting back and forth, thinking what this was, and what you were you were half-right, and I was half-right. So what was mm-hmm. your initial guess on what um, Tanish was, or not, sorry, not what Tanish, what Jeff was doing when we saw that he traded up to have back-to-back picks in the first? Um, so I thought he was going to go Addison and Johnston. Like, that was my my prediction. So he, he got one of those two. <laughs> yeah, because after he made the trade, he said, I definitely want to get, like, the guy that I think is going to be there, but, like, I also want to get one of, like, my guys, I believe, is something, like, along the lines of what he was saying. And so when he traded up, I said, I think you're right, but I think it's Addison and Kincaid because he has been speaking pretty highly of Kincaid, but also kind of smoke screening it. So I was like, I don't know. I think it could be wide receiver and Kincaid. And I thought it was going to be Addison. So we were half and half. It was Quinn Johnson and Don Kincaid. So what is your takeaway here? Because like I said, Jeff had to definitely do some maneuvering to put himself even to be in this position. And now he gets to walk away with these two. So I know he's thrilled, but uh, what is your breakdown on this? Yeah, um, I I think that he he literally just said in the chat like a few minutes ago that he said that he felt bad about his reach, like or a little less self conscious for his reach. I don't think getting Kincaid at one hundred eight was a reach at all. Um, I think that he got pretty good value there. Like that's about where he's going in most of the uh, mocks and stuff I saw. Um, Quinn, I would have went Jordan Addison over Quentin Johnson personally, but Quentin Johnson is playing with. Justin Herbert, and he has a chance to be his wide receiver one as soon as next year. So I can't really fault him for that. Um, I just think that Jordan Addison's like a better player, but Quinn Johnson is in a much better situation. So I can't really fault him for that. So I think both of these picks, in my opinion, could turn out to be like amazing moves. Like if Dalton Kincaid is actually used as the Bills version of Travis Kelsey, he's the next Travis Kelsey, right? He's playing with Josh Allen. He's in a great offense. Like, I mean... I can't really fault him for either of these picks. I I think they were both great, and I don't think you should feel self-conscious about either one of them. (laughs) Also does a huge, huge amount of heavy lifting for his roster because we saw how top-heavy it kind of seemed because the depth kind of leaves you wanting a little bit more because right now, like, the star-studded guys on his benches, Adam Thielen... Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel, I guess I'll throw Mac Collins in there. He did okay. Uh, But see the reaches I'm kind of making right now? Uh, Clyde, sorry. Mm -hmm. But now being able to also have someone developing in Quentin Johnson and Don Kincaid on top Mm -hmm. of his actual starting roster, who has, of course, the T. Higgins, the nemesis Aaron Jones for Welch. I'm sorry, Welch. I know you listen. Um, But like on top of all this, I feel like it's a great addition. So I love the makeup. I love him also. Like I said, I'm always going to be a fan of anyone trading into the draft, especially to get their guy. And yeah, some might think it's a reach, but he definitely would not have been there by whenever he was going to pick next. So um, that's definitely not a reach. That's just playing the game to be able to get your guy and then right after jeff went uh quinn johnston and dalton kincaid he got the guy that you said you were going to get um or that you would have gotten is jordan addison went over Mm -hmm. to the dallas drips so 
Welch swinging in this draft and walking away with Bryce Young and Jordan Addison so far, dude, not looking bad. This was very reminiscent yeah. to when uh, Drake London kind of fell to his lap in last year's draft where Jordan yeah. Addison slowly started to fall. And he's like, I mean, anyone could like even if he was on auto pick, Welch would have been fine yeah. because it would have taken <laughs> Addison. But um, obviously, I know your thoughts on him because you said you would have taken him over Quinn Johnston. But heck of a draft for Welch so far, huh? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that Jordan Addison's like a very, very good football player. I think he went landed in a great situation because he's not going to be asked to be the wide receiver one, uh, obviously playing with Justin Jefferson. So I think that's like the role he needed to be in because he's kind of like a similar body type to like uh, um, Calvin Ridley or Devonta Smith. And Calvin Ridley was amazing when he was playing with Julio Jones. So I, I think that's like perfect for Jordan Addison. Like that's where he needs to be. He's playing with a good quarterback still. Kirk Cousins, who knows how much longer he's going to be there. But you're expecting them to be there at least this year. And then the Vikings are usually a pretty well-run franchise. You would expect them to replace Kirk Cousins with somebody else that's pretty good, you would assume. Um, so, I mean, Jordan Addison, getting him there at 109, Welch had to have been thrilled that he fell to him at 109 because he was probably expecting to choose. I mean, I don't know. I don't really know who he's expecting to take there. But if he was, because Welch has Goddard, so I guess he doesn't really like totally need Kincaid. So if he was there, it was like him and Flowers or something. You know, he'd be a little bummed out. Um, but I mean, still, they're still like good players. But just for like Welch's needs, I think Addison was like the number one. Like him or Johnston, if I'm putting myself in Welch's shoes, is probably who Welch would have wanted their best case scenario. Yeah, I'm seeing that. Welch probably did a bunch of mocks, saw that Addison fell to him in like 1% of mocks, and then he just deleted that mock, being like, nah, this wouldn't happen. So I gotta, <laughs> do, I gotta do this again to get a... Like, I do that all the time. I'm like, oh, this player would not be here, so I'm not even gonna finish this mock. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's how he felt. So he's gotta be really happy. And then, Darren, this is when I had the epiphany, the eureka moment. Steve was on the board, and then he mm -hmm. traded out again. Mm -hmm. Is it confirmed that Steve just hates first round picks? Yeah, I mean, I maybe this guy make... is just so busy. He's like, I don't have time to watch college football. <laughs> I, there's, I, I I'm, I, there's no way. There's, I, I'm not gonna watch this. I, I, I'll take my shots later because that I can get some value. But I'm not gonna waste this high yeah. capital on having to actually try to evaluate some of these guys. Is you think this is all but confirmed? Um. I mean, he traded what? He traded 106 to back to 110, and then he traded 110 altogether to get Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Um, so Tanish actually came in and said, you know what? Tannish, I want yeah. that 110 back, sir. So mm -hmm. let's tell him what the trade was. So Tanish trades up to get the 110. He also gets LaVisca Chenault on the Panthers and a 2025 fourth round pick. And he mm -hmm. gives Steve from the Denver Brews Terry McLaurin. And the 301 in this upcoming in this draft. So a pr pretty solid, uh, pretty solid draft pick, actually. So, yeah. So that's yeah. kind of the um, um, the trade in totality. So, yeah. Do you think this all but confirms Steve just absolutely hating the first round? <laughs> I mean, maybe because he he traded out completely. Like, he had two shots and he just didn't make a pick. Um, I really thought he was going to take, say, flowers there, but he traded instead and he got Terry McLaurin. Um, I, I really. No, I know, like, I kind of, there was both of these trades were with Tanish and, or Steve. Um, this one, for Tanish, I loved, because Zay Flowers fits with his team way better than Terry McLaurin. Um, 
Terry McLaurin is like turning 28 pretty soon. Um, I'm assuming Tanish isn't like trying to win the league this year. Um, so if he has a Flowers who's 21, 22, or whatever he is, and you put him in the mix, who's probably you would you would hope he's like the same caliber of receiver as Terry McLaurin, right? Like you would hope he is. I'm not saying he's going to be because Terry McLaurin's very good, but he's older or getting older. So, you know, I think it makes sense. And I, I when this happened, I was like, oh, like Tanish made up a little ground there on Steve. <laughs> yeah. And so now you definitely can't say it's an overpay because now he was able to cash in Terry McLaurin, who he doesn't really fit his roster very well, kind of what you're kind of prefacing. And I think it was a little bit of a head scratcher, not because he took flowers, because I feel mm-hmm. like if you were just to look at the board normally in like anyone's you know, normal draft. You're like, yeah, flowers should go here. But just his team makeup is kind of what starts to bend my brain a little bit because wide receiver, in my opinion, is his the strength of this team. Very easily, mm-hmm. the strength of this team. And he doubled down and got JSN, who is arguably the best wide receiver in this class. So then he was able to bolster the wide receiver room he already has. And then he traded away Scary Terry, which absolutely makes sense, and got some pretty good value for it. And then also doubled down and got Zay Flowers now. So I don't know if he looked at what you did, establishing a wide receiver factory, being like, you know what? I'm going to take a page out of Darren's book and try to do it that way. So um, there, are you a little bit inspired uh, <laughs> to see that someone is reading the book that you've been publishing on how to create a team? And it looks like there's a little bit of... I'm not saying there's replicating here, but a little bit of an inspired story, at least, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I clearly believe in the same method of team building as Tanish does. Like, I think you look at Tanish's you, team, and you're like, this team is so good. This team is amazing. You want to get young wide receivers first because they last the longest, right? Like, they're the, the skill player that lasts the longest, unless you have like a Travis Kelsey. Um, you're you're gonna have said wide receiver for you know eight years or so. You have a running back for like five. Um, so you can't really like depend on running backs forever like you can on a wide receiver. So you get your wide receivers first and then you get your running backs last. Um, hopefully you get some quarterbacks and tight ends along the way. Yeah, absolutely. But like I said, I, to me, it was a little bit of a head scratcher, but I definitely respect it because when it comes to value, Zay, I think it's like Zay flowers and then a little bit of a tear break. And so it definitely makes sense. Um, I probably would have taken Will Levis here personally. Um, but of course, I feel like I'm always yeah, like he does the, have a need a quarterback. That's yeah. Fair. I feel like I'm always the Levis stand though. And so people are probably like, oh well, of course you would take in Levis. You probably would have taken at uh one oh one and you're <laughs> you're obviously right. I would have taken him over Bijan. But um mm-hmm. no, I just mean that because yeah, he kinda has a little bit of a need, and I just feel like the pure value that you're gonna be able to get with Levis, um yeah. I, I feel like you're going to be able to get at least a first next year. If no, I almost can guarantee that because people are going to, he's going to have some playing time at some point this year, right there. I think so. Um, you, you would think so. It, it just depends on like, kind of like how the Titans are playing as a whole. I think like if they're winning, I don't think that they're going to bench Tannehill. I think they're winning. Um, I don't think they're going to win many games. No, that's so what I, I think mean. Gonna, like even best I, case scenario, <laughs> like Ryan Tannehill plays somewhat well. <laughs> Uh, Derrick Henry plays somewhat well and Burks plays somewhat well, but like still like they got to play a defensive like I, I think game. I, I think they're going to do the traditional route of like playing a rookie quarterback. They're going to play Tannehill until the bye, 
which is week eight or nine, I think. And then after that, uh, Levis is going to start. That's like yeah, the traditional but, thing that they do with rookie quarterbacks. For sure. But then after Tannish picks Zay Flowers, the pick that I was waiting in full anticipation, the most, because I think if you were me, you would keep an extra eye on Max's team too, right? Just naturally. Yeah. Rent free. Yeah. Max lives in my head. And so when he traded up, and the storyline here is this was originally one of your picks there that you had. And then you mm-hmm. traded that pick away to obviously my nemesis. So thank you there for helping him out. That That's cool. Um, mm-hmm. But he got this first round pick and then there was a little bit of a pause, right? A little bit of a wait. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh man, what's happening here? But it, it kind of came out later where Max was like, oh, I was trying to just hear from Mike and I couldn't get a hold of him. And then he took Kendra Miller which was a very, very big surprise to both of us because we both thought this was going to be a chain, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. That who was spoiler the next pick uh, Mike took him. Um, but I thought that he was definitely going to take a chain because I thought that he had the most like kind of instant value. And that's probably what I was assuming Max was looking for. Um, Kendrick Miller kind of needs a little more to go his way. I think he's probably a better running back prospect, but he has Alan Kamara, who's probably going to be on suspension. We don't really know how long or if that will 100% happen yet. And then they just signed Jamal Williams. So he's a little more in his way than what A-Chain has. Um, so I, I was a little surprised. I'm not going to lie. I do like Kendry Miller. I just thought it was going to be A-Chain. I love Kendry Miller. Actually, so much so that I have him ranked higher than A-Chain as well. But I was definitely surprised that it was Max who made the pick, especially because to me, I still view him as the favorite ever since he got the cheat code known as Travis Kelsey, which his name has already made an appearance multiple times in this podcast. But that's only because of the crazy advantage he gives your team. Yeah, he's on Max's team now. And ever since then, I've been trying to play catch up. That's why the arms race began for me, because I've been in panic mode. Like, even after he got Eckler, I was like, I'm fine. Like, I'll figure it out. Then he got Kelsey. And I was like, oh, my God, my life is over. This is I can't. Mm -hmm. How am I? I'm not going to recover from this. So. Then he took Kendry Miller, and I was like, you know what? Unless Max knows something I don't know, maybe I'm just looking at it rose-colored glasses because I have Kamara. Okay, give him a suspension. I don't really care. I I think you and I are in agreement that I don't care if he gets suspended because I just care if I have Kamara in my playoff run, which I'm hoping he gets, unless he gets like a year-long suspension, which is definitely possible. Um, But let's say he does get spend it for a whole year i guess that's definitely best case scenario for kendra miller because i think jamal williams is going to be a bigger factor than a lot of people think because yes he didn't didn't he score like 18 touchdowns or something like ridiculous last year like i don't know how many touchdowns he rushed in for but it was ridiculous but he's definitely going to have a role over in new orleans as well so best case scenario is he plays as 1b to jamal williams worst case scenario is he also has Kamara now to kind of play with. So it's definitely a long-term play because I definitely feel like Kendra Miller's value is definitely going to skyrocket within the next like two, three years. So it definitely makes sense. But I'm just a little bit surprised. It's at it's for uh, the Murphy Street Empire, kind of like what you said. But just to wrap up the first round, Mike, now on the clock, um, definitely was a little bit upset because we found out that he was also going to take Kendra Miller if he were on the board. So it's definitely unanimous between those two that that was going to be the second um, yeah. running back out. So what was your um, reaction to Mike now taking a chain? 
I, I was just surprised how much they both like Kendry Miller. Like, is he from Oregon or something? Like, what's going on here? Um, Can't be because even um, Herbert went and they didn't care. <laughs> I guess so. I, I don't know. Like, I, I was like, I was like, what is what is it about Kendry Miller that Mike and Max both love so much? Maybe, maybe they watched the TCU game together or something, and they were both like, oh man, the Kendry Miller, he's awesome. I, I don't know. Like, I was like. I was a little, little surprised by this news. Do you feel, yeah. Um, do you feel like you're missing something because you're kind of like known as a college football guy? So did this make I mean, you want really to go good. back to reevaluate to be like, did I, did I miss something here? I think he's really good. I just don't think he landed in like the best spot. Like I, I mean, I guess like long term he could be good um, if they don't like add to the running back room. Like as I would kind of expect, like this is Camaras last year in New Orleans, um, but. I don't know. Like, I was just a little surprised. Like, I thought I thought he was going to be a very early second round pick. So I don't really think it was like a, a reach by any means, but I was just a little, just a little surprised. <laughs> yeah, but we do see Mike, and he did it. He did the ugly. He took a running back. I was. Uh, I'm not saying I was surprised because he definitely needs a running back, but. It also wouldn't surprise me if Mike just went like wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, just yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, because that's just kind of how it goes. And that's kind of what Tannish has been doing. That's kind of what you do as well. But yeah, he does end up with a chain. So do you like that fit on his team? I think so. He needed a running back. I think a chain can be very good. Um, it depends on like how much of a load they're going to give him. Kind of like the same questions that people have with Gibbs. Um, he is smaller than Gibbs, but I mean, I don't really think that really matters that much yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how it all shakes up especially because i know the talk with a chain is just this game breaking speed and explosiveness and this is very hypocritical of me because usually i don't care about size that's what i've been saying with bryce that's what i used to say about devonta Mm -hmm. smith but i do care about that with my running back though (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if that makes me hypocritical or if that just makes it logical, but like, yeah, you, you literally hand the ball off to this guy and then he has to just book it and just try not to get destroyed by everyone that wants to kill him on the field. And I guess the argument definitely is, well, if you can't catch him, you can't hit him. That's absolutely mm-hmm. true. But if literally half of the defense you're about to go up to runs like a four, three, four, four. And even if the slow ones, they'll still run like a four, six, four, seven. Um, yeah, if you have to stop, accelerate, take different angles, it doesn't really matter how fast you are, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you have to be able to hit that second level. So, that only reason it brings a little bit of doubt is, yes, he did it in college, but when you're in the NFL and everyone's a little bit faster as well, A, not only can you make that separation, because, yes, he can, because he's a freaking track star, because he has that ability, but is his now body going to be able to hold up? And I know that's yeah. kind of the question with everything, but he does profile someone that could contribute right away just because of his landing spot. It's literally outside of like Anthony Richardson included, I guess it's one of the best landing spots for a prospect for sure. Yeah, I agree. Especially because he's seems to be Mike McDaniel's guy. So I like it. Yeah, absolutely. But all right, Dare, thanks for sticking with me. I know you got to go, but hey, this was an emergency pod, so I'm glad that we're able to get this in. I'm actually going to drop and uh, Yeah, I'm probably just going to drop this episode yeah, as well. soon as. Yeah, because I'm going to have to <laughs> so like, everyone will be reacting to it because I'm about to go to bed. So everyone will be re- reacting to it while I'm sleeping. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But all right, Dare, thanks for jumping on. I'm excited for how the rest of the uh, um, draft's going to go. But one last question before I let you go. How long do you think this draft's going to take? Um, I mean, we finished the first round in only one day, so that's actually pretty good. Um, so what do you think? 
Sorry. Uh, it could be over by Friday. Yeah. I think it could be over by Friday. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So that's what we're saying now. Let's see if that's how uh, long it takes, guys. Um, I will say it is Tuesday night right now. You know what? I'm yeah. going to say um, Thursday. Thursday night. Okay. Maybe, you think that's too? Yeah. Thursday night. I, I believe fair. it. Sure. Book it. Uh, no, I feel like everyone randomly gets really interested in the really late picks, though. Yeah, like the you third know. round. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. It's going to be Friday. It's probably going to be Friday. Probably like Friday night. You're right. You're right. You, you, you're, yeah. you know, you're a better drafter than I am because you always have way more draft picks. So you're way more invested in the PDL draft than I typically am. So I'll take your word for it. We got to factor in like some like overnight, like someone might fall asleep. Like, <sighs> Yep, for sure. And then we have those natural blockers who will go yeah. unnamed whenever they're on the clock. I'm like, yes. yeah, just book it. It's going to be minimum 45 minutes, like e minimum. Um, yeah. So with that being said, there, thanks for joining on. I'm going to stop this to get out of your hair, but I appreciate you hopping on. But until next time, guys, take care. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed your meal. We'll catch you next time.